From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and, of course, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And, Elaine, tonight we're going to go international. Yes. And hear about some great things God is doing in uh, Cambodia. Wilma Mishler with us, and we'll be introducing uh, her to you again in a couple of moments. So let's get right to it with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the prayer of a real-life Jesus freak. The year is 1415 Bohemia. John Huss is in chains waiting to be burned at the stake. His crime? Rebuking church leaders for corruption. But he demonstrates his own understanding of what it means to follow Christ with a prayer. O loving Christ, draw me a weakling after yourself. For if you do not draw me, I cannot follow you. Give me a brave spirit that I may be ready and alert. Come alongside me and follow me. For without you, I cannot do anything. Grant me a ready spirit, a fearless heart, a right faith, a firm hope, and a perfect love that for your sake I may lay down my life with patience and joy. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.net. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Just a reminder, friends, we so much appreciate uh, your support in terms of volunteering, uh, prayer, and financially as well to keep the Connections engine running 365 days a year at Advancing Vibrant Communities. And just great stories that uh, we hear of, of people getting rides to their kidney dialysis appointments. Last year, I think, our our uh, projects foreman, John uh, Engel, told us we built uh, 17 ramps wow. for uh, people who could not otherwise afford to get out of their homes uh, in the case of an emergency, both disabled and elderly folks. So we thank you for your support of this effort to uh, love your neighbor as yourself, not just once, twice a year, but 365 days a year. Reminder, uh, you can get a hold of us at vibrantcommunities.org on the web, vibrantcommunities.org. And by phone, of course, 209-544-9571, 209-544-9571. Now let's check in with our friend Brad Dacus. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. Why would a California school district invite a lawsuit by suspending and disciplining a student for bringing his Bible to school? Because, according to an administrator from Gateway East High School, sharing one's faith at school violates the, quote, separation of church and state. 
Well, Pacific Justice Institute is representing the Christian student who was suspended for two days in February of 2010 just for sharing his faith at school and bringing his Bible to school. No student should be forced to leave his faith at the gate when he enters school grounds. PGI looks forward to this opportunity to vindicate and protect this and other students just like him. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And before we go on, we just want to say a hearty thank you uh, to Robin Warren and, and the good folks at Lakewood Memorial Park uh, in nearby Houston. Had the opportunity to join them for the Easter sunrise service yesterday. And that's always such a privilege, isn't it? And, you know, even for me, I am not a morning person. <laughs> well, you were yesterday. You know, I mean, I, I like... <laughs> Going to bed about 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, my, my creative period starts about 10 o'clock at night. And uh, I'm, I'm abnormal in many ways. And, and you don't need to, well, you know, you don't need to amplify that. I, I can't even that. say a big amen to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a stretch for me to even be cogent at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning. But what a privilege it is oh. to partner with Lakewood and, and to minister to the many people who are part of the Lakewood uh, family. But a special treat yesterday mm. was meeting uh, friends of ours that we've not seen for a long yes. time, missionaries Steve and Diane Warren. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, back yeah. from uh, Africa right now, they're um, uh, assisting with Agape Children's Ministries in, in Kenya. And uh, of course, Steve and Diane, when I first mm-hmm. met them, were, uh, Steve had a wonderful ministry with men coming out of prison mm-hmm. here in Modesto, just a dynamic ministry. And uh, I remember last time I saw them, they had a broken down van and we're going to drive that to begin their ministry in Costa Rica. Mm. And we were just praying that van would make it to Highway 99, much less, <laughs> uh, much less down to Costa Rica. But, uh, God permitting it did. And they had a wonderful ministry there. And then God led them to, uh, work, uh, with our friends Blake and Esther Gibbs in, in, in Kenya. And, uh, they're back in the States now for a while. And God's leading them on an, another adventure. And Elaine, we were just talking, uh, uh, about an hour or two yes. ago about the fact that, that, they they walk out their faith they do, in terms of saying, Lord, here I am, and I will go wherever you want me to go. It's just amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yes, they are. What a sweet couple, and it was oh, wonderful to absolutely. see them. And hopefully we'll get them in here before they have to leave oh, as guests on Lighthouse Live. Would that be great? That, what, that would Mr. be yes. so awful. Oh, you know, yes. and, and to hear the stories. And and the great and, and Diane was was telling us um, uh, a little bit afterwards after the service yesterday that you know she had come to love Costa Rica mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but but God had done what He asks us to do and that is to get the indigenous people equipped mm-hmm. you know thinking about fall, Paul in Ephesians four eleven to equip the saints for service they were equipped to to take the baton and run with it mm-hmm. and uh, and and Diane was was sad that that chapter was ending and she was thinking going to Africa Africa what are mm-hmm. you kidding me and and in prayer, God touched down with her, and she went with tears in her eyes to Steve and said, 
we're going to Africa. Yes, you know, God yes. said to go. And, and uh, so anyway, uh, we, we just love to get them back in. And we're going to have some more just amazing stories oh. about uh, Wilma and, yes. uh, and Jerry and, yes. and the way God has, uh, is using them in Cambodia. But before we do that, there's some great opportunities stateside to and, serve and, here. And, and before we do that, Mike, I just want to say what a wonderful service yesterday was at Lakewood because you just delivered an awesome message on Resurrection Sunday morning. And that hill was full of people just listening to that message, and it was just inspirational and wonderful. So uh, although you think you're abnormal on an early Monday morning, it was just wonderful, and God used you so in what a you, mighty way. What you're saying is I should preach more in my sleep. Well, that, uh, okay, whatever. Was, you know. said that I didn't. Let's take a look at the Volunteer <laughs> Center of the United Way before I get myself in trouble. The second annual Betty Bell Smith Day of Service is upon us soon. It will be here on May 7th. And the Leadership Modesto Class of 2009 and 2010, the United Way Stanislaus County uh, is host of local not-for-profit agencies inviting you to participate. And we here at Advancing Vibrant communities also inviting you to participate as we will be you know betty bell smith inspired each mm. of us with her generosity and giving spirit and uh, it just inspires all of us to contribute uh, to her legacy yeah. by giving something of ourselves on this day and uh, god and also has a lot to do with this uh doesn't he and mm. uh, asking us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and that's what motivates us here at avc and so we just would ask that you would uh uh, participate on this day. May 7th, we will have opportunities for you to serve. We'll have lots of yard work opportunities, so we'll give you a number here to call in just a moment to get involved with Betty uh, Bell Smith Day. Salvation Army uh, Modesto Corps is having, and th I know this is going to sound funny, but uh, check it out, a toilet paper collection drive for the homeless, uh, inviting mm -hmm. the public to get on a roll R -R, and uh. donate today. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> Wilma loves this. <laughs> but this is this is really totally cool. While this household item is a necessity, and we all agree to that, it is not covered by food stamps, and it is one of the most requested yet least donated items to local shelters. That's not covered by it's government? It's not, not covered, no. So You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. And so individuals and groups are encouraged to start a collection in their neighborhoods, schools, a place of businesses, uh, worship, uh, and so you can drop off the donations uh, at the agency booth between 8 a.m. and 12 noon. And uh, the Salvation Army, we love them. They're one of our partners here at ABC. They are a not-for-profit, charitable, uh, and religious agency. They're faith-based, and they provide assistance with emergency food, noon meals, uh, information and referral, disaster aid, yes, Meals on Wheels, and youth programs and senior services. So, what a, um, that, yeah. well, well, let's get behind that. Let's and get behind that. Yeah, I can't believe That's, I just. Said I that. can't believe you either. I, and I, did not I just, mean it I just that echoed way. that. No, but, no. But, I mean, what okay. a simple. <laughs> Wilma's dying <laughs> over here. <laughs> Wilma, are you what, sure you want to be? What did I get into this hour Seriously, with I us? did not. I did not mean it that way. <laughs> Mr. Al Seriously. is not even going to comment. He Mr. just Al. says, "I don't even know Mr. you two. Mr. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, but see, I, I'm thinking back to high school pep band days. We had an uh -huh. initiation to get into the pep band. And, sure you know, while mean? other people, you know, you got beat up and that sort of thing in, in the pep band at John Muir High School in Pasadena, California, when you, you knew you were accepted and initiated in the pep band when your house was teepeed. 
Okay. You know, and I remember, and, and my parents were really cool with this, and uh, I, I remember the night uh, or the, the the day after. What what had happened, I, I came out, and it's one of those things as a freshman, you know, I wanted to be part of it. Sure. And and I was just hoping someday my house would be TP'd, and I'd know that I was officially in the pep right. band, you know. And I woke up one morning, I walked outside, and our whole yard was covered, covered in white, you know. <laughs> and what had happened, I learned later, was that the guys hadn't done it very well being sneaky. They made too much noise, and my mom heard it, and she went outside, and they all started to run away. And uh, there was this big African-American guy that was a friend of mine named Michael Bussey, you know, and she called out. She said, Michael Bussey, you come back here. And he goes, I'm sorry, Mrs. Douglas. She says, no, 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 no. This is the worst TP job I have ever seen. You guys get back here and do it right, because I don't want my son waking up in the morning and seeing a bad TP job. And they all go, oh, cool. Mrs. Douglas is really cool. You know, and so, they, so and I'm just, I don't even know why I told that story, except that, you know, let's get, let's, let's just let's bring get, let's the TP rolls and let's take care of these people. You know, I if you guys would have saved that TP, you could have donated it, it for this donated. time. I mean, look so, at all the TP you wasted. I know. So instead just, of wasting it yeah. by TPing someone's house go. this month, high schoolers or collegians, let's, I hope no pastors are doing that anymore, but let, you know, you not. never know. Let, let's, let's. <laughs> Let's really support these folks and, do and do it. that. Yes. How, and how do we? Where do we go again to take care of that? Salvation Army. Salvation Army. Would be, yes, that, that would be, be a good. That good would be good. You know, you made me go. forget this toilet paper collection drive for the homeless. And uh, let's let's get behind the agency doing this. It's a Salvation Army. Amen. And not to oh. Pastor Douglas's house. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Another great partner of ours is the Healthy Aging Association, and they're get, getting ready for their fifth annual Young at Heart Walkathon, and that's also going on May 7th. Boy, it's getting a busy time of the year, it isn't is. it? That's happening between 7 in the morning and 12 uh, noon at the East La Loma Park in Modesto. This event features health booths, games, prizes, refreshments, and live music by the Funstrummers. And volunteers are needed for this. You can help out with the event setup, registering uh, participants, serving refreshments and cleanup and all that good stuff. Healthy Aging Association provides uh, free fitness and health programs promoting increased physical activity and sound nutrition practices. Another great uh, partner of ours and we just endorse that. And then finally, we want to mention the Multiple Sclerosis Society of Northern California. Great friends of ours. We took part in this last year. Walk MS. Uh, Modesto's goal is to have 500 registered walkers and this is coming up um when is this uh date i've got it marked here it's happening starts at 7 30 uh, and goes till 2 p.m on saturday april 30th so that's this coming week and uh happening at downey park so uh, get yourself signed up for that, and that'll be a, a great cause. Also, you meet some great people involved with that. And if you have any questions about any of these items, please contact Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastand.org. Can I put in another plug for a worthy thing? You can. The, and it has nothing to do with TP. And Good. I'm not, you know, I was kind Good. of... That was the longest thing we've ever done, I think. I think. It's and that's pretty me long. In that story. Okay. Anyway, uh, coming up, May 14th, Relay for Life. Yes. 
to ben- benefit uh, cancer uh, patients all over the, the, the world. Relay for Life at Johansson High School in yes. Modesto. And ABC will be there. We'll be giving the invocation at uh, 8.30 that morning. I encourage you to come out yes. and uh, support them. Uh, my, my children, my teenagers, uh, support the Relay for Life in Oakdale. They're was so a faithful of weeks for that. Ago. Yeah. And, and just a great, great organization and, and a great thing for we as believers to uh, support as well and uh, rub shoulders with those who are benefiting many cancer patients around the country. So look forward to seeing you there. Again, that's May 14th coming up Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, 830 in the morning. One more thing before we get on to our special guest. ABC needs donations of household items, and we need them in a big way. Dear friends, beds, refrigerators, dressers, washing machines, dryers, linens, anything to run a household, uh, and a wheelchair uh, Mm. for a man who weighs approximately 250 pounds. His sister shared that with us, uh, that that would be helpful information for us to know as we think about donating a wheelchair. Get a hold of us here at ABC, 209-544-9571, and we will get those items to the homes where they are needed. Well, we are so very happy to welcome back to Lighthouse Live, Wilma Mishler. And Wilma, let's see if I get this right, Sunbeam Kids International and On the Frontline Ministries in Cambodia. She, along with her husband, Jerry Mishler, are founders and presidents of these wonderful ministries in Cambodia. Wow. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time since we've had you on the program. A couple years. It's been a while. We met, what was it, three or four more years ago? Our kids knew each other, and then we met and found out we both used to listen to Jimi Hendrix, and then it was on. <laughs> now, we've been, we've been kindred spirits ever since, and, of course, our Jimi Hendrix days have kind of faded, but we've had so much more uh, in common, didn't we? Wait until you hear we have... Wait till you hear we, the song we have for you tonight, Wilma. Uh, it's not Jimmy Hendrix. No, it's John. <laughs> but it'll be rocking. <laughs> but we, we had coffee uh, last week, and you shared some pictures um, of your experiences in Cambodia. And Mike and Mr. Al, you guys have got to get a load uh, of these pictures because they tell some stories. And mm. Wilma, share with us some of the experiences that you and Jerry are having uh, on your journey in Cambodia. We shared a little bit about Steve and Diane Warren, but you guys are having some awesome times in Cambodia, are you not? Yes, we are. Um, Yeah, when the Lord called us to go there, and we left in January of 2002, so we're well into our ninth year there. Little did we have any idea. We knew that uh, God called us to train the nationals, and... But we had no idea what was ahead of us in store for us and and how God was going to pull people together to come alongside with the vision to expand his kingdom. And it's just been an incredible journey. And uh, so it, it just keeps growing and going. We just we actually can't keep up. It's mm. uh, um, the numbers are actually staggering. I'm not into numbers, but God is, because each one of those numbers represents a soul that has been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put in the kingdom of light. And um, do I share about how... Yeah, let me go back just, yes. just for a minute, though, and, and let's talk about God's call to Cambodia, a, a place that has such a violent 
and tragic yes. uh, history, and and yet one that sometimes gets forgotten in the mix of, of international politics. Talk, talk to us a little bit about uh, that calling to Cambodia, how God that did that with you, and, and, and why Cambodia has such a, a special place in your heart. Well, Jerry, he had been going uh, four months a year for 10 years into uh, India, and mm-hmm. so we always thought that if God was going to call us full-time, it would be to India. But the doors start closing there, and he'd gotten caned several times in the remote villages because that is where his ministry was, was to start house churches and train leaders, even way back then. Mm-hmm. And so then we got in, he got invited to come to Cambodia, and on the second trip there, uh, Jerry was walking through a rice field, and his hands brushed up against the rice, and the kernels fell off. And he heard the Holy Spirit saying that this is how ripe Cambodia is, that just brushing against with the Word of God, mm-hmm. that they're going to come in. And he said that three times with the understanding that he wanted both him and myself to come out there full time. And he said, well, Lord, then you're going to have to talk to my wife because up until that point, <laughs> I'd only been on one little short-term missions trip out of all those years. Jerry went for 15 years, five years Guatemala, four months a year, and then uh, 10 years to uh, India, four months a year. So that's a lot of time on the mission field that he had. And I only spent five weeks out there with him. So he said, God, you're going to have to speak to my wife. And little did he know that God took him up on that. And we figured out at the same time, halfway around the world, Modesto, California, right over here, and my little kitchen sink, I had an open-faced vision of Cambodian faces. And I audibly heard the voice of the Lord say, go. Mm -hmm. And I looked at those faces and I said, but God, they're not dark enough. They're not Indians. They look like Cambodians. And I knew then, and he said, what part of go don't you understand? Mm, In a loving way, Uh you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. in a harsh way. But at the same time, he just filled my heart to overflowing with the love for the Cambodian people, and that's still with me today. Isn't that like our God? Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, India was not the place that we were to go, but it was there. And um, so when Jerry got home, I I told my guests we're going to Cambodia, and he says, who told you? And I said, the Lord, and I told what happened, and he did a hallelujah dance. (laughs) (laughs) I can picture that. (laughs) But Um, probably not to Jimi Hendrix. No, 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 probably not. (laughs) And so we started uh, making plans and applied with different missions agencies. And because of our age, uh, we were not young back then even. (laughs) Yes, you were. A lot older now. (laughs) It's 10 years later. But back then... um, the tapping into the older Christians was not like it is today. Mm. And so we were turned down saying we're too old, we're too old, we're too old. Said, but God called us. And Didn't so- Abraham and Sarah say that? <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not quite that old, but uh, halfway there, more than halfway. <laughs> and so, you know, we were in our middle 50s. And so that, and now you know, I'm ancient. But uh, I'm only 25 on the inside, and God just fires me up, and we just go, 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 (laughs) you know. And so we just, we we all, both of us audibly heard his voice Mm. to to go. Mm -hmm. And we had to, we were compelled to. There was just no ifs, ands, and buts about it. So we found faithful men in the Modesta area that believed in the vision, and we started on the front. We got a 501c3 because people wanted to give into the vision, plant, you know, seeds. 
And uh, so in January of 2002, we got on the airplane, two suitcases each in hand, and we set off for Cambodia. I never had any kind of, you know, uh, all the stuff that you do to prepare for a missionary. I just knew God said go. So mm-hmm. I got on the plane, landed there, and I said, okay, I'm home. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. here. <laughs> I'm here. You know, use me, Lord. And God really had started out... Um, Jerry started leading people to Christ with an interpreter, and then he'd start a house church. Then they'd go to the next village, and he'd come home and say, you know, we started five house churches today. It was just amazing, just the move of God. Those pictures that you brought, start. why don't you start passing some of those around? I wish our <laughs> listeners could see those. Oh. Wilma, you have some before pictures, uh, Jerry baptizing in the river there, yeah. some of the people uh, just praising God, praying, and the children. This is what touches my heart because the stories. Share, Wilma, if you will, some of the stories of the children, the orphans who were dropped off at the border. Yes. Would you, would you speak uh, Lately about we've that? been, um, our ministry is reaching a lot of, uh, we're ministering to about 9,000 children along the border. Mm-hmm. And are oh, you want me to get the, w- some Would of those you share some of those? Okay. Yes. And what's happening at the border is, and it's really just a sad situation, um, parents are looking for work. I mean, Cambodia is just without work. And so they want to go to Thailand and get a job. But on the other end, because they don't necessarily go in the proper way, there are people waiting on the other end with contracts, and these people will sign them. Mm. And then they're obligated, and maybe, you know, for years they don't get to come back, and their children are still waiting on the other end. Mm. And it's so sad to... Yeah, I just picture these little kids looking, Mommy, Daddy, coming yet, you know, and it's just really sad. And so what's happened to those children is is that that they're being picked up by people. Um, Everybody's trying to survive over there. You have to picture that. So what they do is they tell these children, well, you can stay at our house, but you're going to have to work. And, like, that's a picture of this 11-year-old boy. Every day he goes out there with that cart and has to go across into Thailand, and people pay him to bring stuff across, and he has to give all that money. Our, one of our pastors is ministering to him. He is able to come to our um, children's Bible clubs that we have. Mm. And so he, he is a little believer. He just loves Jesus, but he's not able to go to school. Mm. And we do have a school at one of our churches there. We've got about 250 students coming to that and they're all in first grade because none of them knew how to read we just started that so we're looking to expand that but it's it's um i got some pictures here i wish you could have seen these but these are just precious they're you know we see the holy spirit just fall upon these children and this is cambodia's future they are um just you know learning for themselves how to have a relationship with god we really want to develop that, that they can read and memorize their own scriptures and that they know how to pray for themselves. Mm. So it's not just a once a week, you know, hour, an hour and a half time, but they have an ongoing relationship with Christ. And this little guy here, he was just too cute. He just he just loves Jesus and he just was shining the love of Jesus. And uh, so we got, um, I talked to Jerry yesterday and he said we've increased a um, membership of 25,000 children yeah. attending. Wow. Now, it's Goodness. increased since I've left by about 1,200, mm. and I've been gone six weeks. So <laughs> we're having a major outpouring 
of the Spirit of God. Uh, in our house churches, we're having um, anywhere from 1,200 to 1,600 salvations every month. Wow. Mm. It's just an incredible move. Now, as, as you're working with the children, what yes. type of religious background, if any, are they bringing? Uh, what, what are they bringing to you that you have to deal with? What, what is their normal background in terms of, of faith? Well, um, Cambodia declares itself to be a Buddhist nation. However, because of what happened with the war, 80-some thousand monks were murdered. So these children, they hear the word Buddhism, but they have got no clue. They are a clean, clean slate. Okay. They do observe some of the Buddhist holidays, just like non-believers observe Christmas and Easter, you know. Mm -hmm. But they have got no clue what it is. So they may go, the parents may take them to the temple for some things. But as far as a daily thing, they have nothing. They, they know nothing about Buddhism, which you don't have to undo anything. They are clean slates, and they... They are, you know, when they hear the the pure, unadulterated word of the Lord, that there is a Savior that died for their sins, even at that age, anywhere from five on up, even younger, they just become believers, and they receive it so readily. And so it's, it's just an incredible uh, move of God. These kids are growing up, you know. Well, the Bible says it's been going on now for about four years, and... Some of these that were like this age now are older, and so now they're in the youth youth groups, and um, it just keeps going. We're just believing that the word implanted in their heart will keep producing the fruit. What an awesome, awesome thing yeah. to see. Now, some of those pictures, you see the before pictures when you see the sadness and all that they've been through, the life yes. experiences, because you were you were talking uh, just the other day, Wilma, about when these orphans are dropped oh, off at the, the border, at the border. Uh, some of them, uh, well, they became orphans because their parents mm -hmm. dropped them off and said, "I'm going to work and I'll be back." But as you said, they they never returned, and so many of them became uh, subject to. Um, drug, or excuse me, human trafficking, yes. and um, a lot of sadness there because a lot of times they became victims of rape, um, you know, child slavery and things like that. You know, we hate to hear about these things, but it's reality well, for them, yeah, isn't it? Our pastors are dealing with this continually. Um, we have rescued children. That's not our main goal. Our, our main goal is um, to get the salvation message out mm -hmm. but within that you can't help but run across that in your rescue but we are teaching we've got uh almost uh, seven thousand families along the border that are being taught how to look for the traffickers what to look for mm -hmm. um most of the time 80 percent of the trafficking is done by the the mothers that's hard to believe oh, and that wow. sounds terrible oh, and it is terrible mm -hmm. But it's because they are actually victimized. An unscrupulous person will come into a village and say, you know what, I see that you have children and you're very poor, and we can provide work for these children. Mm. Would you sign a contract? And then, you know, we will take your child, give you a couple bucks now, and we'll send you money. And they believe it. And so we're doing the prevent, and we have numbers of law enforcements there that they can call. Our leaders are calling these people are being stopped before it happens. So the prevention, you know, it's just been amazing, the prevention part. And the, the, the good 
part about this on the on the flip side is after you guys go in and you've shared the Lord with these these children and they come to know the Lord and you've ministered to them, seeing the pictures of, of the, their faces where the joy comes in is just amazing. Um, they become um, in love with the Lord and they're going to these house churches and it, it's like night night and day. Uh, clothing uh, is donated to these children. They uh, are fed nutritious meals. And it is, look at these pictures before and after. I, this is yeah. one of the times where I wish <laughs> our listeners could see what we're seeing because this this little girl, is, a, believe it or not, is the same little girl. It's, it's hard to You uh, cannot believe yeah. it. Hard to believe it's the same it person. It's just person. unreal. And she came, she was sexually abused and... Um, you can just see that heavy look, you know, mm-hmm. and she, she met the Savior, and he did a really wonderful healing, psychological healing, emotional healing on her. And uh, She's really radiant yeah. in the second picture. And and she, she's an intercessor prayer warrior. Oh, just, my goodness. Just, uh, Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> so one story, uh, Pastor, if I may share, yes. was, uh, one of the recent stories was that one of our leaders was going through a village, and he felt led by the spirit to stop at this house. And so um, when he got off his motorcycle, this ma- a man joined, you know, said, what are you, what are you doing here? And he said, I want to tell about this, um, you know, the creator God and pray for somebody in your household. Well, this man was a Buddhist. He'd never even heard that there was a creator God. Mm-hmm. And he, so he did invite him in. And he found this little gal. I've got a picture. I'll talk while we're doing it. Yes. Um, he found her on the laying on the mat, and uh, this is her hair, and the little, and she was out of it. She, uh, the father told her that for the last two three weeks she had been very violent, and her and this other boy, who had who was acting just like her, had tried to kill him, and then they both started losing their speech, and she went into where she just became lethargic. It was just laying there, and so. Uh, our leader went over to her and for two days. He read the Gospels, just went through the Gospels, reading them over and over and over again. You can read a lot of Gospels in two days. And the second day, she opened up her eyes and she said, Jesus. And he said, because she had heard, you know, in her own language that Jesus died through the Gospels and for her sin and rose again. And so she prayed and um, she tells the story that she was felt like she was in this deep, dark pit, and she couldn't move. It was so dark. But then she saw way up there, she saw this light coming down. There's words written on the light, and it was the words of God, the gospel story. And she was reading and reading them, and God set her free. And uh, the whole family, they were just shocked. They saw the power, the healing power of God to set people free. And she's just a little evangelist now. She mm-hmm. wants to go to Bible school and, and become an evangelist. Mm-hmm. This family was so excited that they went ahead and invited. They themselves rented a tent, and they invited all the neighbors to come. <laughs> and so now we have another church there, house church. It's a large house church. And this young man here, you can't see him, but he was very, that was the friend that she her and him had gone and seen a, a, a witch doctor together, and obviously something bad happened, and he had also lost his speech. 
but he got delivered too. Mm. So. Oh, wow, what a great story. Oh. Salvation to, yes. to the yes to the tribes. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we've got lots more to share with Wilma. Having coffee with you the other day was so good. It was so good to get together after all that time. We just shared la- and laughed and, and just had a great time and, and uh, talked about our family. There was just so much uh, to, to talk over as we had coffee and had that special time together. And, you know, we were even talking about the music that we used to listen to and just, you know, our, our family and our children and everything. And, and I think, you know, Wilma and, and Pastor Mike, we were talking earlier that uh, Francesca Battistelli has been reading our mail and we talked <coughs> about the song that we were playing this week and just having a little bit of fun with this because a seriously good message uh, coming out of this. And as we listen uh, to this week's song, it's called This Is The Stuff. And we'll be back right after this on Lighthouse Live. This is the stuff he uses, you know, 
we do forget how big we are blessed. You know, a cute song. It's really funny, and I can definitely relate, especially about losing the keys. And we don't have to elaborate on that, Michael. (laughs) But that's Francesca Battistelli here on Lighthouse Live with us this week. Wilma Mishler, our special guest. You know, in the middle of our big messes, and Wilma, we've been talking about that just a little bit on personal notes because, you know, whether we're in Cambodia, Modesto, California, or Africa, wherever we are serving, we still have families. Life still goes on. We still have those little messes. And God uses that stuff, just like she was saying in the song, doesn't he? And and sometimes we do forget just how big we are blessed in the middle of all of that. But he does use those things, doesn't he, to bring us along? How, uh, I'd be interested to know how, I mean, given Cambodia's past, uh, especially in terms of administration and, and such, how does the government look upon you and, and, uh, what you're doing there or you get some support as a, what, what kind of challenges or what kind of positives do you see? Well, in 1993, there was the Paris Peace Act and so it was, um, equality of religion. Okay. And so the Buddhists, Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and Christians all have equal access opportunity. <laughs> mm. And uh, uh, we're just um, thankful for for that, not necessarily to have, you know, the the cults in there, but uh, in the midst of that, you know, God is moving. Mm. And so um, they, they really are very strict about uh, proselyting and... It's proselyting with through manipulation that they're against. Okay, mm-hmm. they say everyone has the right to choose. <clears throat> Excuse me, including the Buddhist monks. We've had many Buddhist monks come to the Lord. Um, our orphanage director, he became a believer in my class, and he was actually a temple leader. Really? He'd been a temple leader for fifteen years in a huge temple, and he became a believer, and he came out. And now he serves. He's been serving in our staff for six wow. years now. Nice. And very faithful, just uh, an awesome man of God. And so um, nobody did anything when he stepped out. They just said, well, you have a right to choose, and you chose. We didn't do it by offering him things. Mm-hmm. So there, there are governments against rice churches, churches that offer rice for uh, suck people in. When you're hungry... You'll make any God that will sure. feed your belly your mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, we don't offer them rice. As a matter of fact, we were accused of the reason why our children's ministries was growing is because we were giving them snacks. We had 3,000 children at that time. So we took all the snacks away, and now we have 25,000. <laughs> so they're not coming for <laughs> the snacks. Yeah. They're coming for the uh, Lord, yeah, right. for the word. Yeah. Well, isn't it interesting? And and we were talking a few minutes ago about the uh, the child trafficking and mm-hmm. and just an insidious thing. And yet, in that extreme darkness, and we're talking about the the young lady and and her friend that went to the witch doctor, and obviously something nefarious happened there. But in the in the midst of that terrible darkness. You know, Jesus ch- touches down in yes. such an incredible he way. Lies, and, and again, I, I wish you could, could have seen the, the pictures, friends, of, yes. of that young. And how old, how old was she approximately? She's when, 21. 
She's 21 now, and what, how old was she when she was when you? 21 then. Oh, 21. <laughs> okay, <happened>. all right. <laughs> this is fresh story. And 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 she just looks gaunt, and and her mm-hmm. eyes are are vacant. Yes. Uh, obviously, had uh, been abused to the nth degree, and uh, a- absolutely no light in her face at all. And yet, in that second picture, she's just radiant, beaming, as uh, as Jesus has has touched down in in, in her life. I would imagine, uh, Wilma, a lot of prayer has to go (coughs) behind your efforts there. I mean, uh, it's just a a great touching down of of the Spirit. How can people pray for you right now? What are some of the things that you specifically need some concentrated prayer for in Cambodia? Well, safety traveling Mm -hmm. on the roads that are treacherous, especially during the rainy season. They are just so slippery, just, you know, mud uh, powder, you know, three, four inches deep, more than that even. Oh, and then when it liquefies, it just, it, there's no way to grab hold. And our leaders, we have two, 200 staff now um, mm. with motorcycles, and that's a lot of traveling that they do every month. So, and for Jerry, myself as well, just traveling safety. I'm just wondering, do you and Jerry get out there on motorcycles? Yes, mama? I'm a motorcycle Are you, are you a motorcycle mama? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I just hang on. I don't drive. I just hang on for dear life. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've missed it, actually. I've missed oh. it, you know. And uh, here's a picture. I wish that they could see it. This is a oh. woman. She, she was... Um, a survivor, a sole survivor in the Khmer Rouge, all her family was killed. Now, this is not an uncommon thing that happens. Women that age bracket in their 70s, they're very strong Buddhists because they remember how it was before mm-hmm. the Khmer Rouge came in and destroyed the religious system. Mm-hmm. And so the older Buddhist women are very tied together. They'll go to the temples together. Their whole life is revolved around temple activity but not anymore for her because she became a believer. And I wish that they could see she's in her 70s and oh. just the joy that yes. this woman has. Joy. She's been set free. She uh, doesn't have to you know, be concerned with the fact that all this happened to her because she was a crummy person in a previous life, mm. and this is her karma. And so it's just a wonderful way to set free. Is there a lot of, uh, and, and you know, we're looking at uh, now... Uh, a lot of years yes. have, have passed. Is there still an institutional memory uh, of, of the killing fields, of the Khmer Rouge? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how does that play into the good news of Jesus Christ? How, how, how does all that get connected in God's economy? Well, if you could imagine about 30-some years ago, maybe they were t- between 12 and 14 years old, young men were separated, young boys were separated from their families, a gun put in their hand and say, you are now in the Khmer Rouge army. Either you kill these people over there or we're going to kill you. And this is how they were initiated into service. Mm-hmm. And so you've got victims that became perpetrators. And, you know, but still yet victims. Now they're older, okay? And this is, we have such revival among the Khmer Rouge mm-hmm. at, around the border. And... Uh, it's just been amazing to see, and when you see their faces where they they are so overcome with the guilt of what they've done, you know, and then when they meet the Savior, that weight is lifted off, and their, their countenance actually changes, and for the first time, they'll be able to sleep at night. The Prince of Peace comes in. That's the yes. one miracle we see the mm-hmm. most of is 
how the Prince of Peace comes in. Amen. I just love these before and after yeah. pictures. I do wish our friends at home around the world could see these pictures. Now, this Grandma Wilma, yes. is she the same grandma that was um, grandma to these, this little boy yeah. and girl who witnessed their parents being murdered? Tell that no. story. The father murdered the mother in front of them. And it was just really, really awful. Uh, there were four children at the time. And what happened was that he told them, if you leave the house, I'll come back and kill you. So they waited and waited and waited. And five days later, the neighbors not only smelt the mother's body, but also the body of the little baby because they had nothing to eat and they died. Mm. And so these two children now, and they're just incredible. Just wonderful children. We've seen God do amazing healing in their lives. Oh, my. Yeah, just precious, just precious. And, uh, um, you know, <clears throat> there was this one man that um, was given a Bible 11 years ago, and somebody told him, there's a God that loves you. So read the Bible, and you'll find him, and left and never told him anything else. Well, he couldn't read, so for 11 years he held on to the Bible. Oh, my. <sighs> and he lives out on the lake, Lake Tulisap, and we started the last two years, we started a ministry out there. It's very, very difficult out there. But um, he... Um, he met up with our leaders, and they told him about the Savior. And so Jerry had the privilege of baptizing him. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. You know, it sounds as, and we've been going through through Acts and, and studying, you know, the Apostle Paul as he uh, spread the gospel, uh, as it went out from Jerusalem, and then he went into uh, Greece and, and uh, the churches in Galatia and such. And it sounds like uh, that's a lot of what Jerry is doing. He's planting uh, these uh, these churches and and uh, you've referenced this before, but let's talk a, a little bit about the process of equipping the nationals to minister to their own people and uh, what that involves, some of the challenges that you face, and and what you see happening maybe uh, in in the future as more and more people are equipped and uh, and begin to minister uh, to their to their own uh, own culture. What I find exciting. <clears throat> Pastor, is that we've got third and fourth generation now of mm. Timothys who have yes. trained Timothys who have trained Timothys, <laughs> and it's just going. It's just no stopping it. Mm. We have a hundred interns ready to go. I mean, they they volunteer for anywhere from a half a year to a year before they. We want to see if they're faithful, and so it basically starts out with um, we pray if there's an area that we don't have anybody. We just pray for God to raise up. God somehow gets us in touch with somebody. And then, we, of course, we interview them, find out what, what their knowledge is of the scripture. They must be doctrinally sound, mm-hmm. you know, the, the basic doctrines of, of the church. And, um, and then we build on that from there. And it's on-hands training. They have once a month they come in for a leadership training. And um, then they have training where they're at every, every week, uh, an hour or two every week. So <clears throat> plus they're giving assignments to, to study. And so, but then it's on hands. They're put out there under uh, another leader, and they go out and they lead people to Christ. So they're being trained how to evangelize and how to pastor and how to lead worship. You guys are looking for, uh, right now, currently, some people to help you uh, actually go there and uh, be on staff? 
Yes, yes, listeners, please check your heart and see if God has a calling on you for Cambodia because we need help with the children's uh, work there and also with the adult ministry. Friends, we want to give you uh, some ways to contact uh, Wilma and her husband, uh, Jerry uh, Mishler. There are uh, two, webs- two websites yes. uh, listed here. We've been talking about Sunbeam Kids International. It's www.sunbeamkidsinternational.org. Again, that's sunbeamkidsinternational.org. And uh, the other uh, website, www.onthefrontlineministries.org. Onthefrontlineministries.org. Dot org And uh, okay to give out the phone number here, uh, well, yes, 209-576-0767. Again, that's 209-576-0767. Again, talking uh, to uh, Wilma Mishler and uh, her uh, husband Jerry right now in Cambodia, uh, ministering as well for uh, On the Frontline Ministries. And, of course, we've been talking about Sunbeam Kids uh, International as well. And maybe someone, Wilma, will have that experience in, in their kitchen. Yes. Where they, they see, yes. uh, that is just a fantastic. Had you, I mean, did you have any idea that was that was coming down the pike at all? I never saw that one coming God at all. God just touched down in your kitchen. Right? Back when you were listening to Jimi Hendrix, you had no idea. No idea. <laughs> Jerry said, please, you must speak to my wife. And he did. So. You know, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10, verse 18, tells us that he executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. You know, God stands by his promises, and he's not going to leave these little ones without. And thank God that you listened, you and Jerry, and people like you, Wilma. Uh, in the body of Christ, who listen to the call and respond. And, you know, not just everybody has that calling. Not everybody responds. But, you know, for those that would hear and respond to that, bless you. Well, I would like to encourage every believer to bloom where you're planted. Mm. Yes. Because that is your calling. Thank you. You know, uh, people say, well, why don't you just stay in the States? A lot of people that don't know Jesus, well, why don't you reach them and I'll go to Cambodia. (laughs) And so I don't mean to sound harsh or anything, but, you know, if all of us, we have a circle of influence. Mm -hmm. And if everyone just reaches one, how many believers are we supposed to have in the States if everyone reaches one? We double in one year. Mm -hmm. It's not that difficult. It really isn't. And so just encourage I'm going to go back, and I know we've referenced this so many times, but you know, and, and we brought it back up again yesterday, but the prophet Isaiah yes. saw all this coming down the pike. I mean, God gave him extraordinary uh, vision. And uh, just <clears throat> recall your attention, friends, to Isaiah 58 and um, verse 6. Is, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. I'm just, I mean, that verse right there, God took you to Cambodia and he, and the light broke forth like the dawn and 
in darkness there, and your healing will quickly appear. I'm thinking of that young 21-year-old yes, lady and, yes. and the healing mm-hmm. that, took, uh, that took place there. And your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Uh, you will, you will uh, call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like the noonday. And that's what we're talking about yes. here, friends. And, and you know, the, the thing is, if you put it off for tomorrow... Say, well, I don't know, you know, when when I get enough money, I'll do that. When I retire, I'll do that. I am telling you that God is calling you today to make a decision to walk out your faith or not. You know, I mean, let's let's not be sitting on this. God is calling you. Isaiah, for goodness sakes, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago is calling you to make a decision today to either walk out your faith or not. You know, we need to be uh, transformed from from lay people laying around to being the people that God has called us to be and ministers, as you say, Wilma, in our mm-hmm. spheres of influence. Mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of hot here no, about this, ahead. but you know, this didn't, is didn't Isaiah say, we, "Here I am." Th- here I am, yes. Lord, and and that's exactly what Wilma did, and yes. and I, I don't know where God is going. Maybe He's calling you a block away, you know, to someone that needs help in your own block, or maybe He's calling you to Cambodia or to Kenya or wherever it might be. But you know, the life life is short, time is short, and and let's Sweet let's man. take the calling, and all, all we have to do is be available. And uh, God will do some tremendous things. I, it is so just inspirational to hear your story, oh, uh, Wilma. And, uh, yeah, yes. praise God praise for God. that. Absolutely. Yes, she does. Absolutely. Well, Wilma, you very quickly, because we, we've got just a, a, about a minute left here, but you were talking about donations for the children for clothing and items like that. Can you speak to that? Uh, how, how does that happen? Yes. Uh, if anybody would like to donate some used clothing, I'm always open to taking some back with me. Mm. Okay. Maybe even uh, an extra suitcase full. How can we make that happen with a <laughs> Just cost of... call that, that number. And, and that number, once again, yeah. Pastor Mike, is... Uh, 209-576-0767. Again, that's 209-576-0767. All right. Wilma Mishler... God bless you and Jerry for Thank all you. that you're doing, and may God continue God. to strengthen and be with you. Thanks for being our special guest tonight. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course, we'll have to do this again. All right. And dear friends, thank you for joining us and sharing a part of your day or evening, whatever time it is where you are. And join us again next time here on Lighthouse Live. May God bless you.